which originally was a women's study, into an everybody study. Because I believe that this particular material is beneficial not just for ladies, but is beneficial for all people, men and women. Because men, you know, contrary to what some of us men want to admit, men have feelings too. Men have issues too. And we just internalize it. You know, women do a better job of expressing it. Men do a lousy job of expressing it. And that's something that we'll readily admit. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And that's not what this class is about. But we're going to have a discussion about this because we need to understand that men have questions about stuff just like ladies do. And it's important for us to deal with those questions. Amen? Okay. So I'm glad that everybody's in agreement with that. We'll proceed accordingly. All right, so Jennifer Rothschild's writing in this text. Uh, it says at the top of the handout, In college, I helped lead worship with Paul, the most spiritually mature guy my age I knew. He prayed in a way I had never heard before. He stretched himself across the floor, nose to the ground. I couldn't pray with Paul. He was obviously more connected with God than I was. Now stop for just one moment. You have observed people in your life who appear to be more spiritual because you see things that don't match up or don't line up with what you do. That's a normal human response. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily an accurate response, but it does mean that it's something that we see all the time and we observe. And here's what Jennifer is saying here. This guy, whoever he was, he was praying prostrate. And that's not a normal way of prayer. That's an exceptional way of prayer. So let's continue. In my mind, my posture of crossed legs and hands was not nearly as spiritual or as acceptable to God. These are real feelings. These are real thoughts that are coming out. I honestly thought, does God really hear me pray? Does he only hear people like Paul? After all... I had some unanswered prayer in my life that supported my questions. Now, you see, there's even reasoning being used here. We pray, and sometimes we don't get the answers right away. So we automatically infer, does God even hear what I'm praying about? When prayers go unanswered, it can rip a big hole in our blanket of faith. We wonder, does God really hear every prayer? If he does, why doesn't he always answer? If you've ever asked those questions, you are in good company. Now, be honest. How many of you have ever asked that question about yourself? Okay, I got some people who are being honest about it. That's fine. God does indeed challenge us sometimes to ask questions like that to do what? Challenge you to pray more or think about it more. Or ask questions more. There's a reason why he does these things. He doesn't always answer every prayer. Amen? We know this from experience. So this is nothing strange. This is nothing unusual. Did you have your hand up or are you just playing with your... Oh, okay. You're just, you're just fondling your glasses. Then. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it just looks very studious when I see that. Okay. All right, so... Jesus tasted unanswered prayer on the cross. 
Now, this is something that I didn't think about before, but this is very interesting. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Matthew 27, 46. Remember, when Jesus was on the cross, he didn't get an answer to that prayer. To our knowledge. We didn't see anything in the text that inferred that he did. Because if you recall, at that time, there was a lot going on. You know, the, 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 a perfectly sunny day had turned into a dark day in the basically almost like nighttime at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Which was basically the whole idea of God supposedly not looking upon Jesus Christ on the cross because of what he was doing. What was he doing? Taking on the entire sin of the world, past, present, and future. No response came from heaven for Jesus that we know of. And often no response comes for us. At Jesus' baptism, baptism and transfiguration, God spoke assuring he was attentive and listening. But during the darkest moments of Christ's early life, earthly life, God answered only with silence and darkness. And that's at that particular time. Jesus' response to unanswered prayer was commitment. Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. That was in Luke 23:46. That very statement was a matter of faith. Yes. That's a fair comment. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And guess, no, that's right. And of course, we being in the flesh would probably do the exact same thing because of that moment or that time for what it was. So that's actually a very accurate statement. One thing that we have to remember about Jesus. He was completely human and completely God at the same time, which no other person can make a statement to that effect. But he was 100% a human being. Jesus got up, got, went to sleep, went to the bathroom like everybody else. And we don't always think about that because that's something we have to understand. He was completely human. So Ronnie's right. The flesh was definitely speaking out. But how do we relate to him? Because we are flesh. We understand that. Yes, you had your hand up. Yes. There was an experienced separation. I'm not going to say it was he, but at that particular point in time, he was as far from God as he could ever be. He was far from his father as he could ever be. Okay. Okay. Because of the sin that he was taking upon. Sure. Makes sense to me. Yes. The answer might have been that he didn't answer. 
taking away. For to our knowledge, that's what we that's what we believe. Yes, he didn't answer. Um, that's the best we can understand because of the circumstances of what he was doing. If you're taking on all the sin of the world, past, present, and future, in that sacrifice, remember, God does not look upon or cannot and, and will not look upon sin. So you're making a conclusion based upon that because he's taking on that sin that there was a separation. And, you know, Ed used the word too. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Very true. And you're doing that, Ronnie, because you're reasoning based upon your history with God, your history with Jesus Christ. You're using that reasoning to infer that God does know what's best for me based upon what? The history you have. So you understand that you're going to be reasoning, but that's still what? A matter of faith, isn't it? If you don't know what's going to happen, everything that's taking place here is strictly a matter of faith. And the, whole, the fact that even Jesus is saying, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit, that's a matter of faith. But look what it says here. Do you know what he's saying? He was giving us an understanding that we can trust Father God even with unanswered prayer. That's what he's telling you. Even though he didn't get an answer when he was saying, my God, my God, he knows the character of God as you have learned about the character of God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's been teaching you all along, hasn't he? The Holy Spirit's been teaching you all about the character of God all along. So even if you don't get an answer to prayer, you still come back to reasoning based upon personal experience about the character of God in your life when you've seen things happen that are unexplainable other than the fact that God is the one who did it. Remember, God has never changed. He's unchanged. That verse that Jesus was forsaken by God, that was no communication there with God to Jesus. That's right. He could not answer something where they were not speaking. That's true. We are not in that position. No, we're not. That's he right. That's right. So therefore we can communicate whether Jesus took it was God for three hours and nothing taking place. Right. God did That's right. Never happened before and it never, never happens again. again. That's right, because Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. That's right. Yes. Talking at the movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Understood. Well, you can talk to the TV all you want to. It's not going to answer you back. But what you're describing, though, Ronnie, is, is a lot of us. We sometimes get ahead of God. Amen? We don't get an answer to prayer, and sometimes we get ahead of what God is trying to do to teach us or to give us understanding. Some of the best advice that you could ever get from somebody is about just saying, wait. Just wait. Wait. What's your hurry? Your flesh wants answers right away. Your flesh doesn't like not getting answers. That's just the reality of who we are. If we're all honest about that, we certainly will acknowledge that. Yes, you had your hand up. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Exactly. Okay. I'll... Sure. Okay. When we want it, yes. That's right. He was not talking for 400 years. That's very true. That's right. That's right. That's right. Very true. Okay. Okay. I think that any time that we pray God's will, He has promised to answer our prayer, but it's in three ways. Mm-hmm. Wait, mm-hmm. or He will grant it, or say no. Outside of that, He does not do it. Okay, I'm going to challenge everybody here with this wait thing. Okay? Because wait is an inference. Wait is an inference. The wait is based upon the fact that you're not getting an answer to prayer. It's still unanswered. Wait is an inference. Because you don't have anywhere to go with it. It's just like you're at a a traffic light. The light's red. You can't go anywhere. You know, we have all kinds of things that slow us down in traffic. Yield signs... Caution lights that turn, red lights if you're making a left turn. There are times you have to do what? Wait. It's inferred based upon what? The information you have in front of you. Well, sometimes unanswered prayer is based upon the fact that there is no answer. Not now. It doesn't mean, in other words, God's not going to come back to you and say, yes, but you're going to have to wait until blah, 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 for this to take place. That would eliminate any need for faith. Get it? 
that eliminates any need for faith if he answers a prayer like, yes, but allowed this to happen over a period of time. Well, where's the reason for faith now? He gave you an answer based upon what? A future occurrence, which you know good and well you couldn't handle. You couldn't handle that. You can't handle the truth. Because you can't. If you know something's going to happen in the future based upon an answer to prayer, you couldn't handle it. You'd be going nuts. So you don't need that. I'm telling you right now, this wait thing is based upon an inference on our part because you're not getting an answer. Does God answer every prayer? Perhaps, eventually, over time, we get to see his plan in place. You have to go back and remember every prayer you ever had and go look at it and look at the circumstances. It doesn't mean that he is not engaged. Of course he is. But he's not going to give you an answer that's going to lead to something in the future. The only conclusion you can make if you don't get the answer is, well, I guess I'm supposed to wait. Now, you don't like that answer. But that's you saying that. That's not God saying that. You say it. So I'm challenging you now to think a little bit deeper about this thing about unanswered prayer. There is such a thing as unanswered prayer. We just saw a demonstration of that on the cross. We saw that. You had your hand up. Why are you staring at me? Pause. Sure. Kind of like what we used to have on the tape deck. Yep. VCR. Yeah. And you're listening to a song or whatever it was you were listening to. For whatever reason, you would hit the pause button. Yep. And the communication would stop right there and would not continue until you hit the pause button again. So you had to hit the play button again. Didn't mean the song stopped. I mean, mm-hmm. the song wasn't there anymore. It didn't mean the form of communication wasn't there anymore. But for whatever reason, you had the, mm-hmm. the, the song stopped because of the pause button. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we do based off of what he just said, which is why I was looking at you, you look back on your prayers, the ones that was answered, the ones mm-hmm. that you thought weren't unanswered. Mm-hmm. That's right. See, you've got to understand something. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish. Well, no, I, was, I wanted you to finish your point if you were, if you were done. First of all, understand something. Your prayers don't always have to be accurate when it comes to what you're looking for. God sometimes deliberately will not answer a prayer because you don't really know what you're praying for. Or you don't need it. You don't know. It may not be beneficial for you. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be harmful per se, but it may not be beneficial. One of the things you have to keep in mind, too, is that God, if he knows everything, we've been saying this over and over again, God knows everything all about you, all about your life, all about where you've been, all about where you're going. He is going to give direction in your life if you are open to him being in your life, period. And sometimes your prayers 
He'll sometimes answer prayers in a way that you don't expect. He'll go even above and beyond what you thought was sufficient for you. There's all kinds of stuff in play here that we need to keep in mind as we look at this exercise. Because every prayer that you've prayed, I promise you, was not good for you. It wasn't. So don't make an assumption that just because he's not answering a prayer doesn't mean it's a good prayer. It may have been a lousy prayer. You may not know that, but the bottom line is that he knows more. He knows better than you do about where you are and what you truly need. Okay. Sure. Now, now that we have a little bit deeper understanding of this way about God answering prayer or not answering prayer, which is the topic of this discussion, we also know the reality that unanswered prayers can break your heart. Amen? They can. It could be a very earnest prayer about a loved one or a person in your life, for example, who is addicted to meth or on crack, and you want that person to stop doing that. God, why don't you help this person? And that's an unanswered prayer because you're not getting an answer. You're still seeing the same behaviors and the same things that are going on, and it can break your heart. Because you don't want to see that person basically OD one day and never come back. So we need to... We need, pardon me? Yes. Yes. Thank, we thank you very much for sharing that. Thank you for making a, light, making a lighthearted moment out of that. So... They don't make sense. When we don't get answers, they don't make sense. And they don't make sense because of our flesh, where we are. It's where we are in our life. But can you choose to be loyal to God even so? You can if you understand to whom you are committing yourself. God does hear your prayer. Amen? He hears them. That's a question that we've answered in the past, in previous classes and previous seminars. He hears your prayer. So we already know that he is not tone deaf to your prayers. In fact, he listens for it. He wants you to pray. This is the challenge, just to remind everybody here. Sometimes your prayers are just simply matters of faith when you don't get an answer right away. 
Because ultimately, if you're looking for somebody to be healed over here, that's a matter of faith because you have no control over it whatsoever. I have no control over the behavior of my children. One's living in Canton, one's living in Durham, North Carolina. And we have Alicia who's living in Tallahassee, and Terry's living somewhere in Texas. I guess Wiley, Texas. I don't have any control over their behaviors. They're all grown, shoot. They're over 30, 30 plus. They're all over in their 30s. You believe that? They're all over 30 years old. For those of you who remember my kids being like this, that, that in itself is amazing to me, just to think about it. But they're all in their 30s. Okay. But I can't control their behavior. I want the best for them. I'm prayerful that they experience the best. I'm prayerful that they are actually seeking after God and doing what's necessary. But beyond that, it's all a matter of faith. Every bit of it. Can you entrust yourself into his hands? This week, as you consider this question, will you entrust your missing pieces into God's hands? So what we're doing here is we're doing a, getting an exercise in understanding more about this prayer thing. And we've been trained to believe God answers prayers three different ways. Yes, no, and wait. But we have to understand that the yes and the no are answers. The wait is an inference. Because ultimately, God's a yes or no God. He's very clear. He's not ambiguous. We put ambiguity sometimes into how he answers prayer. Sometimes he'll answer the prayer, but we'll come back and say, yeah, but God, what? Yeah, but a, yeah, but a, yeah, but a. And we will do that because we're in the flesh. We're a bunch of yeah, but a, yeah, but a, yeah, but So we need to understand that. Remember, God is uh, not ambiguous. Not ambiguity here. We are the ones that create ambiguity because sometimes we want the flesh to take over in our way of reasoning in situations. I promise you that's what we do because if you think about it, that's what you do. You just do it. Did you have your hand up? I want to make sure you... Oh. No, 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 no. You don't, do it. don't do it because of what I say. This is good discussion. We're all having discussion about this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I am the genie in the magic lamp. That's right. Now, let's back up. You make an excellent point. First of all, would all of us agree that the best way to go to God in prayer is with a humble heart? Amen? That eliminates a lot of garbage when you do that. Because that eliminates doing what we call praying selfishly. Okay? So you're going with a humble heart. The next thing we need to understand, too, about this prayer thing is that we need to understand that we may need to make sure that our life is in order. If we're sinning left and right, you're not going to get a good, clear message from God about anything. Because you're blocking yourself. You're blocking yourself from truly understanding. There is a delusion that's going on because you're sinning left and right and you, all you want to do is live for yourself anyway. That probably should have been part one and not part two. The first part one, stop sinning in your life. And if you're asking God for help in that area, guess what? He's going to help you with that. 
because that's what he wants to do. He wants you to pray. He wants you to come to him and you do it with a humble heart. It's just like an alcoholic. An alcoholic has to do what? Acknowledge that that person has a drinking problem. If that person doesn't acknowledge they have a drinking problem, guess what they're going to keep doing? They're going to keep drinking because that is the nature of the illness. So there has to be an acknowledgement of something where when you're going to God that you truly want him to help you through a situation. Even if it's unanswered prayer, God has an amazing way. Even if you don't, he doesn't answer a prayer, he has an amazing way of giving you peace through a situation. It's amazing what he does. So that's very, very appropriate what Beverly just said. How you come to him. How you look to him. Very important for us to see those things. Lesson 15. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? It's not that far removed from that commercial, is it? Yeah, you remember that. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Ring, ring. Hello, hello. Just curious. How many times have you held a cell phone to your ear and asked, can you hear me now? Now, in the old days, some of you guys with AT&T would get some of the worst receptions sometimes at the worst possible times. And that's, this is classic. I don't know if you guys know this, but back in the day, AT&T, you know, they were, they were like almost the leaders of getting out with cell phone coverage. But they'd be standing by a window somewhere and you couldn't get coverage. <laughs> it wouldn't come through. It was just bad stuff. So Verizon tried to capitalize on that. I'm just telling you right now, it had to do everything with that. That's why they're saying, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Just curious, how many times have you held a cell phone to your ear and asked, can you hear me now? If you're like me, you've done that too many times to count. In fact, so many of us have that experience that Verizon Wireless capitalized on our frustration by featuring actor Paul Marcarelli altering those very words in their famous cell phone commercials. Why do you think Verizon's just shot up in popularity? It has everything to do with those commercials. People get sick of, you know, why do you have a cell phone but you can't hear anybody? And you're paying for that service. Verizon capitalized on that. It's frustrating to try to connect with someone on the phone and not really know if they hear us, isn't it? When we pray for a long time with no answer, we can feel that same frustration, even wonder if God hears us. God, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? The big question isn't, can God hear us? But rather, does God hear us? Now, when you are discipling other people, we've just had a discussion about this thing about God hearing every prayer. But you've got to understand something. There are a lot of people that you talk to who truly, they will ask you to pray on their behalf because they don't think that God would hear them pray. Why would somebody ask you to pray for them because they don't have any confidence that God is listening to them? You need to understand sometimes the mentality of people that you're speaking to when you're trying to tell them that God hears every single person, they have to be convinced of this. How many times has that happened in your life? How many times, Gus, would you just pray for me because blah, 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 blah. Well, the answer should be, well, you can pray too. God's going to hear your prayer. I can't, I've lost count the number of people who have done that. Because they don't, they don't have that confidence. 
So before you think that people don't, (laughs) they're not like you if they're making statements like that. If they're making a statement like that, they shouldn't be asking you to pray for them as if you are some sort of an advocate. Of course it is. That's their mentality. That's what I'm telling you. Go ahead. A ceiling, okay. There's an old saying that they used to say in church, you know, don't ask that person to pray for you because you know it ain't getting past the ceiling. Okay. And the point is is that some people's prayers go, are received and some folks' prayers aren't. Okay. So in the example where you said Pastor Gus, mm-hmm. well, there's certain folks, you know, you can ask to pray, they're going to pray and, gonna, and their prayers will be heard. Right. Right. Yep. I got it. I got it. Well, I mean, it's it's one way to say it. It's not a bad way. We have to understand that not everyone. Well, first of all. I would like to believe that you being in this class, you've learned a lot more about stuff in your own life. But not everyone understands how prayer works. And that's something they have to learn. How did you learn about prayer? What did you have to do? It's training on the job. It's learning from experience. Now, Ronnie made some examples earlier about She inferred that these things are happening because she knows the confidence in the character of God. How many people out there do you think really know the character of God? I don't think a whole lot of people really do understand what that is. So if they don't understand the character of God, what's prayer mean to them? The character of God is meaningless. If they don't understand the character of God, prayer is meaningless or has very little meaning. These are all learned things. These are things that had to be taught. You, when you're discipling someone, have to teach people about the character of God in the midst of your conversation about prayer. You don't need me to pray for you. I will do it voluntarily, but you can pray also. You have to teach these things. Don't make an assumption just because this is stuff you've heard before and seen before that other people, even in our church, understand all this. You don't have to go very far to see this. If people really start talking and opening up, you'll start hearing stuff. It's like, boy, very interesting. Someone had their hand up. You, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just right in front of you, no problem. Right. Right. Yep. That's right. Right. Exactly. You have to understand something. Uh, go ahead, Roscoe. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. 
Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Very good statements. Okay. I hope it's deep thinking here. I want you guys to think about all this stuff. Go ahead. That's right. That's right. So we learn to say, will you pray for me, rather than will you pray with me? That's right. Very good. Yeah. That's right. Right. That's right. That's right. Back in the days of the, the 50s and 60s, you guys remember payola? The whole thing about records, in order for you to get record play or airplay on the radio stations to make your song more popular, the DJs would get compensation. Well, this is not unlike what happened in the early church. That's what he was referring to. In the early church, the very early church, the Catholic church, very early Catholic church, Priests, people of authority were getting money to pray on your behalf to take away your sin. Now, that's something that we have to understand is that this mentality needs to be overcome now. You need to understand that people need to recognize that you have the power to pray. You don't have to rely upon someone else to do it for you. Go ahead. Yep. Yes. It's not difficult. That's exactly right. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. Very good. The greatest thing that we need to follow as we're discipling other people, to your point, is follow the Spirit. Follow the Spirit. The Spirit is the great teacher here in this whole situation. Now, obviously, I'm over time because we've lost some people in the class here. So we're going to stop here and we're going to pick up next time and move on and, and, and continue this discussion. I want you to pray and think about this. Think about it from the standpoint of are you praying effectively before the Lord? Because it has to start with you. It has to start with your particular behavior. In order for you to disciple others, you need to make sure that your prayer is at an optimal level. 
Now, is it going to be perfect? No, it's not going to be perfect because we're all in the flesh. But boy, we have a lot to learn on our, on our own behalf as we minister to other people as well, too. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us to have good discussion about the introduction of this class. And Lord, we do sometimes ask the question, can you hear me? And can you hear me now? Lord, help us as we learn more about this thing of prayer, something that we are hardly experts at, but Lord, we want to get better at it. Help us to get better in our understanding of prayer and how we sometimes can inject things into those prayers that are not really beneficial for us. Help us through that process. Help us with clarity. One of the great prayers that we can do is pray for clarity in all situations. And Lord, you've answered those prayers. You've answered those prayers. We thank you for the clarity that you've given us. We thank you for that understanding. We thank you for that teaching. We pray that throughout this week that we see examples of this as we go, go forth. As we gather back here next week, we can continue the discussion and learn more about how this thing is so important about prayer and understanding that sometimes unanswered prayer is beneficial for us. We pray now for the upcoming message in the speaker. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Is this extra? Oh, okay. Well, that's up to you. Okay. What's new? Thank you.